Boink. How's Welcome it to the Accelerative Thrust Whoa, Podcast. Right into it. Right into it. Right into it. I'm Dan. Damn. I'm Eric. Oh, and Eric. Yes. I'm doing fine. Oh, good. Good. Mm, sorry. I, oh. <laughs> I I purposely did that to catch you off guard and every, everyone else who it, listens. To this. It worked. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. kind of freaked. freaky good oh snap we're gonna be interviewing someone who's freaky good that's true freaky good sound science aka garrett reeks is freaky good that's true at, at what he does and we are going to be talking about him well with, actually with him. with him yes well yeah. talking about him too with him right we'll yeah that's talking true. about him with him yeah yeah that's a, a good way to put it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We'll also talk about him a little bit between yeah. just you and me, I bet. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> ah. Well, so wow. now that we got the introduction out of the way. Yeah, well, I guess we're in it. It's we're happening. in it. It's there. Did yeah. you hear about the slap heard around the world? I did. I wanted to see if you wanted to talk about the slap. And sure. It like you do. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, how can... Normally, I try to avoid anything that has to do with like celebrities and right. Oscars, except Me Kanye too. West. Right. Um, of course. Which Kanye West, this is what happens when you ban Kanye West from any sort of award Some, show. Someone Assault. fills the slot. Somebody assaults somebody. And in this case, it had to be Will Smith. Um, I guess. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> had to my be. My first choice. Yeah. Who number I one. I was going to smack someone. But. Exactly. Smack down, smack down. Uh, very interesting. Um, do you have any sort of take on it? Well, yeah, I do. I, it's tough because I know there's all sorts of things involved that I don't understand and can't truly understand, you know? Right. Because they could be cultural and they could be other things like that. But I'm a very devout pacifist. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, obviously think that was the right thing to do mm -hmm. think that i don't know i think that someone who can't control their actions in that way uh seems a bit like a loose cannon to me mm -hmm. i worry about i worry about the fact that he feels that he can just do that mm -hmm. and he was proven right mm -hmm. i think that's weird um mm -hmm. but also and i don't talk about my work with kids very often on the show because i think it's sort of breaks the fourth wall when I'm talking about loving Satan and shooting heroin mm -hmm. and stuff, you know, it's like <laughs> all that stuff is actually made up. And in real life, I'm a, I'm a sweet guy that helps um, special needs kids. So <laughs> I know, but here's the thing is a lot of the kids I work with have violent tendencies and I work really, really hard to try to convince them that they, that there are lots of different ways to get through conflict. And this just kind of makes me mad because then they see someone, and I know that kids don't give a shit about Will Smith. I mean, adults barely give a shit about Will Smith. But at the same time, if they see that this is the way to take care of 
someone just insulting you or someone you love, like, you know, it adds this vigilante justice protector. Like I have to protect the weak people who are women and children and my family. And it's like, that's not a great message. People can stand up for themselves and they can protect themselves if they deem it necessary. Most people wouldn't need, think that someone needs to get smacked for making a joke. First, I, I, I would hope. I 100% agree with that. So when I have to talk to kids about it, I'm always like, you know, because they'll say, hey, I just saw so-and-so smack so-and-so or whatever. And I'll say, yeah, they must be going through something. You know, it's too bad they don't really seem to have the tools or the resources to deal with that in a different way. I hope that, you know, they'll they'll be able to figure figure out a way to deal with that in a positive way at some point in their lives, you know? Sure. And I'm talking to eight-year-olds. So it's like, I just think it's, I don't know. I just think it's kind of macho bullshit at the end of the Mm -hmm. day. Yeah. And okay. So this is, I agree with everything you just said. It sets a horrible example. And I think if Will Smith really felt that way, first of all, he wouldn't have laughed at the joke at first. Right. Because you know that that happened. I saw that. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. laughed. And then when he saw that, Jada was probably not too satisfied with the joke that Chris Rock made. All of a sudden he thought, oh, I'm going to walk up on stage and I'm just going to sucker punch Chris Rock. Now, some people are think that it was a staged situation. I don't think so because the way, I mean, Chris Rock is a damn good actor. Both of them are great actors and they could pull off staging something like that if they really wanted to. Sure. I do think that, I don't know, to me, it doesn't look like it's staged. It looks like Chris was genuinely caught off guard. And also, mm-hmm. I got to say, if it wasn't staged, which, again, I don't think it was, uh, I got to give my utmost respect to Chris Rockford handling it like he did. Because he, could you imagine how hard that would be to have to, like, follow up that with presenting an award sure. and yeah. still staying on track? I mean, Chris Rock took it like a champ. Well, and that's the thing. If Chris Rock didn't have the resources to react in a proper way, it would have been a fist fight. Exactly. And you know, exactly. Uh, My concern is that this kind of plays into what you were saying is that I'm afraid. And this is kind of why I think the idea of just randomly assaulting people um, because of beliefs that you don't agree with. Mm-hmm. is a very slippery slope because now what you have, I believe that now I'm not for censorship. I'm, I'm against censorship. However, um, I'm also not going to deny that I do believe that the copycat effect is very real. And I do believe that there are going to be people that saw what Will Smith did and say, okay, now Everybody who says something that is offensive to me can get slapped with no consequences because there were no consequences for Will Smith. He ended up actually winning an award. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Kanye West is who you were scared of. Like, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Yeah. Kanye's unhinged, but clearly so is Will Smith. (laughs) And I mean, it's, but for some reason, I, I feel like that is going to open up the door for um, this being normalized, this idea of just assaulting people with no consequences because 
of the fact that you were offended by something that they said. Um, It's going to open up the door for assault without consequences, which is opening up a whole other can of worms that I just don't feel we need in society. It's already pretty much been opened anyway. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the other part of that too is like, and this isn't just a straight cultural thing, but the idea of snitches get stitches. Like if someone smacks you and because in the real world, not in the Oscars, but in the real world, this is assault and battery and you could have charges. And exactly. But I think that then it would fall on the person who got smacked. Like, are you going to be a snitch? And it's like, uh-huh. uh, maybe, I mean, I just got smacked for no reason or beat up or yeah, whatever. Absolutely. absolutely. It, you know, it kind of puts, it kind of puts the pressure on the person that actually was assaulted. And I think that's yeah. kind of a weird aspect too. Yeah. I really don't think, I think Will Smith could have handled it in a much more adult manner. <laughs> yeah. A way more adult, man. Way more he adult. handled if, it like a third grader. <laughs> he really did. If he, if he could have, um, and the thing that really disturbs me is how many people are cheering it on. Yeah. Uh, using it as memes mm-hmm. and really looking at it from the perspective of like, it was just a funny thing that happened, but right. The reality is somebody did get assault. Now it was just a smack mm-hmm. and Chris Rock took it like a, like a champ, but like, yeah, it almost looks day, like a fake slap because he, he barely moved when he got, and that, that's one know. of the reasons why I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it could have been staged. It I mean, it looks a little fakey to me. It looks like it a really, stage slap it, to me, but it kind of does. I, would, right. I don't think they would let it play out this, the way that they have, if it were fake, I think they would have come out by now and say, we set this up. Well, because okay. At this now point, like stuff is actually happening. Like, I think that, Will Smith will have some repercussions from this. But okay, like, here's one reason why I think there could be a possibility that it was staged. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, think about how how interest has been lost in the award shows over the sure. past few years. Right. Uh, this could have been something like, hey, you know what? This could actually bring some viewership, even if it's just like, five minutes of of this award show sure people will actually be talking about it Mm -hmm. and they may watch next year and they may watch next year because okay next year Mm -hmm. uh we're gonna invite kanye west back yeah next year someone's gonna fucking die (laughs) (laughs) it's like thunderdome they do like a fake death like a fake shooting oh my god that would be terrible it'd be like the source awards or something right yeah yeah yeah. like the source dude did you see the um source awards 94 or 95 i think Uh it was that's the one where like death row showed up. right yeah i've always wanted to make a documentary about the 95 source awards it was a 95 yeah it's a pet project of mine it's so (laughs) weird to think that the winners of the best new artists that year were outcast. Hmm. Yeah. Could you imagine being yeah. from the South and you only have like three, it was just like Andre big boy and like their manager. And mm-hmm. could you imagine them just like having to sit in like, could you imagine how scary that would be? Like, Oh my God, if we're going to get shot because the coasts hate each other. What are they going to think of the South? Well, being in the middle of the country was probably a good thing at that point. 
you know? Sure. Not no, no. one of the coasts. That's probably why they won it. No, I'm just kidding. They are very talented. <laughs> well, no, no, they, they are, they were fantastic. I'm just saying that. Could you just imagine how nerve wracking that would have been just to yeah. be there? And yeah. I think that was also the same year that Onyx played. And um, mm. Fredro Starr from Onyx actually pulled out a real gun and shot out one of the lights oh during gosh. their performance. Wow. I remember Bill Bellamy. There's an interview where Bill Bellamy was talking about that. He's like, okay, now I'm all for real hip hop. That's a little too real for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Onyx, man. man. Slam. Yeah. Da, da, da. You know who didn't win an award? Who? Fresh Prince. <laughs> Dude, yeah. the Fresh Prince was, I mean, that was, Will Smith was entering his, um, he would have been like, already passed his like summertime phase oh at that point. so he was the fresh smith at that point the fresh i'm smith making all this up. i know i know that <laughs> i know that uh, i'm just what goofing I'm, what i'm saying is do you remember that album they made summertime i remember that song yeah yeah that was a whole album man oh uh, summertime tunes wow no, I, I had never, it. never really got into uh the fresh smith i liked uh the fresh smith i love that i liked Nightmare on My Street, of course. Oh, yeah. First horrorcore rap song. It's got to be up there. Although, I don't know. Uh, somebody's watching me feels pretty scary. But I don't know. Somebody's Rockwell, yeah. Me. Which has Michael Jackson on vocals. Uh -huh. Oh, snap. Yeah. There's a rap and thriller. Yeah, it's actually. That reminds me of something. Okay, the, the rap, I guess you would call it, that Vincent Price does. Oh, yeah. Okay. He All says, right. I get what you're saying. He says the funk of 40,000 years. Yep, yep. Yep. What the yep. fuck does that mean? <laughs> Gosh. But this funk of 40,000 years thing has bothered me for about 40 years. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I need to know what they're referring to. So listeners, yeah. if you know what the funk of 40,000 years is, let me know. Is Vincent it, Price, is he still alive? No. Okay, I, I think so he's like super he dead. But I think that Nightmare on My Street is probably the first actual full horrorcore rap beat. Yeah, I would say. I can see that. I mean, in a fun way. It's I, funny I we're really spending so much time talking about hip hop when we're going to be interviewing Sound Science, who <laughs> That's absolutely true. is not hip hop. It, so. <laughs> it absolutely is not hip hop. Garrett, are you there too? Yeah. Can you Hi. hear me okay? Yeah, absolutely. Perfectly. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for yeah. for inviting me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, I guess uh, let's get let's get into it right yeah. away. We're all here, um, Garrett. Uh, both Eric and I really, really enjoyed your album. The uh, I think the common like agreement that we had, and correct me if you feel differently, Eric, mm -hmm. uh, but is that it's almost this this music was kind of unlike anything we had ever completely heard. Yeah, it, I'd it, say so for sure. Very yeah. a unique perspective or take on pop music, I think is kind of what mm -hmm. that's sort of how I would describe it. I, I think the other thing that kind of took us off guard is uh, neither one of us know you <laughs> and you yeah. live in Iowa city. <laughs> that that's kind of odd. Cause we both kind of seem to know everybody for some reason. Yeah. And that but that's awesome because uh this is something that we kind of discovered 
most of the local reviews that we do, we kind of go into it already knowing the people involved. And this was just a complete mystery. And I don't remember how exactly I uh, came across that. I think it was just searching through Bandcamp Iowa City. Very, I've really been enjoying going down the rabbit hole of sound science, Garrett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for your inter- or review, by the way. I honestly didn't know what to expect <laughs> from sure. it. Like, feel like it's easy for people to maybe not have the nicest things to say about it, but, but that's like a huge compliment hearing that you thought it was that unique because that's definitely a quality that I enjoy in other music. And it's a quality that I try to incorporate into my music at the very least, as best as I can. Oh yeah. It's there. <laughs> Don't <worry>. Absolutely. 100, <laughs> 100%. Oh, yeah. So my first question that I have for you, Garrett, so you started out playing in bands. So I'm assuming you're from the Cedar Falls area. Yep. I grew up in Cedar Falls and lived in Waterloo for a little bit and then moved to the Iowa City area um, maybe like four years ago. Okay. Can you kind of talk a little bit about your musical upbringing and what kind of led you to do such a, such a unique project such as Sound Science? Sure. Yeah. I suppose my first instrument that I ever played was just trombone back in elementary school. And at kind of like a young age, like it it was, I think the summer after fifth grade, Mm -hmm. I got really into like punk rock music. Mm -hmm. And that is where my sort of intense interest in music first started. And that's where it started to develop. And that made me want to get a bass and a guitar. And I, I never took lessons though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was always self, yeah, just self-taught. I think that that actually, now that I'm talking it out a little bit, that, that, that might be part of where I ended up where I am now is just the idea of exploring an instrument or a piece of equipment without mm-hmm. um, being taught how to play it in a formal sense. I, I think that that is key in terms of coming up with something unique, just kind of discovering, I don't know, just messing around and seeing what comes out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Experimenting a little bit. Cool. So of course I have to ask about uh, gear. That's kind of my job <laughs> on the show. There are a lot of synthesizers, drum machines, vocoding slash slash uh, pitch shifting. Um, is a lot of that stuff it, just in the computer, the program, like soft synths, or do you use a lot of outboard kind of gear? I feel like I ask this question of everyone, but it truly, to me, is an interest, super interesting element of making music. So yeah, especially uh, concerning synthesizers, do you... Do you usually just use what's in the computer or do you have some other gear that you use? So when I first started trying to make music on my own, it was with, um, and this would have been maybe like five or six years ago, I got an Electron mono machine Mm. um, synthesizer slash sequencer. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
I, I, I guess that's where I first started in terms of, I don't know, getting my feet wet with electronics. And I guess one EP I released was recorded with that piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, everything else has just been done in Ableton Live. Yeah, it all sounds amazing. Like I um, checked out the the singles that you released since the album were reviewed, and they're all super great. And I think that um, they seemed maybe musically just a little darker, but I mean, the record that we reviewed went everywhere. So that's actually kind of hard to say. But yeah, I just, I love what you do with the vocals and I really like your voice. I know when we reviewed your record, that was one thing that I just kept talking about, which is, I'm sure, somewhat uncomfortable (laughs) to hear because it's just like, that's your voice. You know, it's like, if someone's just like, oh, I like your face. It's like, well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but yeah, that is something I kept coming back to, especially how the the vocals were manipulated is is just really, really cool. Because a lot of times when people do that, they end up going into more experimental elements of the vocals and yours stay really true to being a delivery system for words, I think, which is what lyrics probably should be, I guess. I just love the sound of, of, your voice and the way you manipulate your voice too. So it's cool to hear that all that's just done in the box, basically, like in your recording program. Yeah, I, I guess, first of all, thank mm-hmm. you. I, yeah. I One comment on on my voice is, is that, so making music is kind of a really private thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not, I've never performed live. Like I'm not used to singing in front of people. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know when I sit down and work on a song, it's just me blown in my place. And right. I don't know. So like the idea of people hearing my voice was really <laughs> scary at first. I, I, I don't know what led me to be brave enough to ever release <laughs> anything. But I, I was just going to address the effects thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think part of not being, again, like a traditional singer or like I never took voice lessons or anything. Uh, another thing that comes with that is just an interest in vocal effects. Mm-hmm. So like with the pitch shifting and I mean, even just like pitch correction, like mm-hmm. auto tune that was a way for me to just be comfortable with my own voice sure. at the beginning. And I, I thought stylistically though, that it there's more application that can be made out of it other than just, you know, like with auto-tune, it's just really associated with mainstream pop music right. and, mm-hmm. uh, and not really much else outside mm-hmm. of that. So like, it just kind of, cross my mind like what if I try like an ambient song with auto-tune vocals over right. it or like fake classical stuff with auto-tune I don't know I don't know yeah I guess if it wasn't obvious I'm just a big vocal effects guy in general well that's one of the things that I really appreciated about the sound of sound science is that the vocal effects element I kind of describe your music as almost like mutated pop or something like you know just this really like sort of at times it's like it almost sounds bizarre and eerie and as uh eric mentioned some of the new stuff kind of has a darker tone to it but 
it's also just extremely um, satisfying. And so it just seems like you've cultivated this musical world using those special effects and everything. Do you have any uh, particular influences that sort of influenced your going in that direction, considering that you started out playing in bands and then you kind of became this solo artist doing this sort of um, interesting take on pop music? Yeah, so the number one influence for me far and away is the band Animal Collective. Oh, yeah. And I've been a big fan of theirs for like a decade and a half almost now. And I still post on their fan forums every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And um, actually just saw them live last mm -hmm. week uh the thing that i has always well there's a lot of things that draw me to their music mm -hmm. but one thing that i really appreciate about them is how they uh, they make experimental music but it always has a sense of melody mm -hmm. it, that's it, at least for artists i'm familiar with i feel like it's a it's a kind of uncommon mm -hmm. trait like it's usually like something that's more i don't want to say radio friendly but something that's a little more traditional if it has melody with it or it's like far to the other side where if it's experimental it's gonna be like you know either not have vocals at all or i don't know very unconventional vocals or something that mm -hmm. um that aren't necessarily melodic and i I think that that's one quality in their music that has, I don't know, just always been big to me is the, just the kind of mashing of the experimental with the sort of pop side. Yeah, sure. And, and I can definitely hear that, that now that you mentioned Animal Collective, I can definitely hear that in your music, especially with the uh, blending. I mean, that's kind of how I would describe sound science. Uh, Garrett is uh the blending of experimental with melody. Mm -hmm. um, what I found interesting also is uh, you talk about how you did some uh, collaborations with uh, what's uh, what's his name, Dan Conroda from OK Go. Am I saying okay. that right? Dan Kanapka. Kanapka. Okay, <laughs> I wrote it down in my handwriting, which is always bad. <laughs> um, you want to talk a little bit about how you ended up with uh, uh, collaborating with a member of OK Go? How I got in touch with Dan this would have been I don't know some not quite a year ago I was just looking for a drummer to work with on one of my songs because I never collaborated with any other musician on my on my music and rhythm can sometimes be a difficult component for me mm -hmm. and I, I had this song uh, which the most recently released song of mine, I guess, called Influence, mm -hmm. where um, I had sent, or I, I had posted uh, something online just requesting a, a drummer, I guess. I, I don't know the word for it, but he listened to the demo. And so he primarily, at least at the moment, works as kind of like an engineer, as mm -hmm. I understand it. Mm -hmm. and and also kind of like session musician mm -hmm. with his drumming and he listened to the song and he basically sent me a message saying that it, 
he thought we were coming from a similar place musically and mm. that he'd be down to add drums to the song and that was a really cool experience i mean it was done remotely like he he works out of uh california but just i don't know like we had like an hour-long phone conversation about nice. the song and wow uh, yeah like it was like he him also just kind of trying to figure out like the drumming style that I would like in my music and that would work with my music. And I didn't really know what to expect from it going in, especially because if I'm being honest, I'm not that familiar with OK Go's music. Mm -hmm. But yeah, working with Dan was, a, I don't know, a, a really, I guess, fun and he's just easy to work with. I don't know. He's he's a really down to earth guy. And then I released a kind of short Christmas EP last year and mm -hmm. I had another song that I didn't really like my own percussion on. And then I just contacted Dan and asked if he would be down to record drums for another <laughs> song. That's the other time we've worked together and hopefully more in the future. We'll wow. see. That's cool. Yeah, that's Speaking awesome. of the song um, influence, did influence have a specific thing that it was referencing essentially if i don't know the song seems like it's saying if you have influence you have to be careful so you don't uh tell people to do the wrong thing because you have that power was that in regards to anything in particular or is that just sort of sort of a broad idea of you know the potential dangers of influence over people i think when i originally wrote the lyrics it was kind of in response to something politically mm -hmm. a while back that it just occurred to me that this one person could you know just by sharing their opinion on something or policy or I don't even really remember what it was mm -hmm. but the idea that they can just affect <laughs> you know like millions of people into right into mm. thinking the same way just because this one person said it and it was like a scary thought to me at the time mm -hmm. and I, I I feel like my songs in general probably like my lyrics tend to be more as I would describe them just like abstract musings mm -hmm. right. <laughs> um, and, and I think influence is unique in that there was more like a message that I wanted mm -hmm. the listener to pick up on. Yeah. Um, and so much so that I did two different versions of it. Like the second one has the more recently released one has lyric changes. Uh, mm. Cause I actually got feedback from people saying they had no idea what the song was about the first mm. time around. And I'm like, Oh, this is a song where I actually really want people to right. understand. So sure. then that was part of my motivation behind re-recording it and mm -hmm. rewriting a few words. And um, I guess also just because I want it to be on the next record as well. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of get a refresh on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It, I think you accomplished it because yeah, that is the one song that I've heard of yours where I was like, I think this is about something, you know, like specific. Along those same lines, along with uh, Influence, you had, I think, three more singles you've done this year. 
and you said that those are uh, going to be part of a bigger album, but you also mentioned that this is the first time you've done this um, or you've released singles before a record. What was your reasoning for that? Because I notice a lot of artists are now doing singles a lot more than they used to. And I, I'm trying to understand it, you know, from a creator's point of view, but also from your point of view, what was the reasoning for doing singles first album later? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so the previous two albums that I did, so the first one, Surreal, is something that I had kind of, like, before I even considered getting it mixed or anything, like, I had really thought about kind of how the whole thing should sound and how the whole thing should flow. Like, I, I'm a really big Personally, I'm a really big album guy as opposed to singles. Like I like albums that have a nice sequence to them Mm -hmm. and uh, sound cohesive. And I guess similar, similarly with the second album, Palace of Calm, like I had the sequence in mind before getting it mixed and mastered and everything. Mm -hmm. And I felt like there was a good flow there. So my motivation um, for album three that's not quite finished yet mm-hmm. was to um, to start with, I, I kind of had like a, when I was trying to think of what I wanted to do for a third album, like I didn't really have a theme in mind. Like mm-hmm. Surreal is kind of about surrealism. Palace of Calm kind of had a more minimal more pitch shifting kind of thing going on Mm -hmm. for the third one i i had this pool of like 30 unfinished songs and i Mm. i didn't know what i wanted it to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I, i i just decided okay i'm just gonna finish one song at a time and I mean, there's no way I'm going to get to all 30, but just whatever songs I felt were of this moment for me were the ones that I would tackle and finish. Mm -hmm. And so far, I I, I mean, I'm on a seventh song Mm -hmm. right now. And I guess I kind of have like a a deadline set for myself Mm because otherwise I could just keep going. But Mm -hmm. um but anyways, like, yeah, like to go back to the original question, I I think that I just wanted, I have kind of picked up on a trend where people seem more concerned about singles and individual mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of been a trend over the past, I don't know how many years right. where, yeah, releasing a single and that being maybe more what people focus on and mm-hmm. less like I have a lot of like my younger friends that are into music. Like I ask them what their favorite albums are right. and they don't have an answer for right. that. <laughs> like I, I, so I, I feel like that was kind of in the back of my head. And then also just the idea of being able to put music out at a faster mm-hmm. rate mm-hmm. was um, enticing to me. My original thought was that I was going to do like one song a month, like mm-hmm. release one song a month. And now I'm kind of feeling like now I kind of have a better idea of what the album is as a whole. And mm-hmm. I, I 
I feel that that I should um I don't know now that I have that goal in mind I, I I guess my focus is more so on just finishing the whole complete picture so mm-hmm. I don't at least at this moment I don't have plans to release another single until it's completed but I'm also pretty spontaneous in the decisions that I make so that could always change do you think releasing those singles helped you gain more of a better understanding of where you're going to go with a full album project oh yeah for certain that was also I would say that was another motivator from the beginning um I'm glad you asked that I work with a mixing engineer, Max Carolla, who I feel like I should give some credit to because mm-hmm. he, he, I'm not an engineer myself and I love doing mixing, but it's not something I'm like trained to do. And I like mm-hmm. the idea of having, since it's just me, otherwise just having like another pair of ears mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what Max is for me and I I had thrown this idea out to him of just doing one song at a time rather than the whole batch of songs once I have them done and he said that was even like preferred for him Mm -hmm. and uh, that just kind of started the whole thing and I would say that every subsequent song that I finished has informed the next one I work on in at least mm-hmm. some way. Uh, like I've started to notice more themes in terms of like sound palette, I guess, in some mm-hmm. songs and even just like mixing decisions that were made in one song. It, 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 it would make me think ahead to the next one I was working on, like how that might influence my approach on that current mm-hmm. song, what I thought really worked about the previous mix and um, just keeping that in mind. Very cool. So like uh, with a full album project, do you usually have like a concept in mind for the album as a whole? Or would you say that each song kind of has more of a theme individually or is it kind of leaning more towards like a like a concept that ties all the songs together thematically? The way I see it is, especially for this next one, that it's not one concept that ties everything together, but rather the way I've kind of been thinking about it is that every song that's currently on my list at least mm-hmm. connects to another song in a way, and that song relates to another song in a way Mm -hmm. and so it's just like they all while it might not be one theme there's like enough of an overlap in themes to and in a way that makes them I don't know kind of make sense to me I still don't know like the track order or the flow yet so that's going to be and and that's something that I, I guess I'm intentionally not even thinking about this time around like until mm-hmm. until all the mixing is done and we're on to the mastering process I, I think I just part of this album for me is just changing the approach in in general mm-hmm. and to be honest like I don't even know if all of the songs I record for it will be on it mm-hmm. but it, it it's kind of just like a, almost just a practice and going with the flow and seeing what comes of it 
I don't know. <laughs> sure. Um, I see that you also said that you have been collaborating with a British rapper that goes by Our Soul. Um, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how you guys hooked up and what you're working on and the plans going forward and everything? I was wondering about that myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess given that he's British, it, it, I just have to comment on the way you pronounce it. <laughs> like, oh, okay. If you say it a little quicker, like our soul. Oh, um, yeah. It, it, <laughs> um, that took me a long time to pick nice. up on, actually. But <laughs> uh, it took me a couple couple seconds there. But all right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he he um, how we connected uh, was through SoundCloud. I don't know. He just kind of reached out and said that he liked that I had this sort of different approach to melody. And he had this idea was just that I would sing like a chorus on a song I think mm. and he would mm. do the verses and I started sending him some ideas that I had for songs and he really took to this sort of sci-fi concept that I had for a song mm. about somebody who's like really excited to go to space <laughs> to yeah. outer space <laughs> But then it just ultimately turns into a giant disappointment for them <laughs> due to some like mundane things. And yeah, he, he really liked that idea. And we turned it into a song. And I don't know when it's going to be released yet. Uh, we're going to release it under the name Solar Science, oh, which yeah. is just Ooh. like our soul backwards, soul R. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. we we haven't totally talked about more songs yet part of me wonders <laughs> like given that we have like a whole different name right or it you never know i don't know it, it's a really maybe this is isn't very surprising given my music in general but like it's a really hard song to classify like mm -hmm. it it didn't follow that verse chorus structure and mm -hmm. <laughs> in, instead it, it's like i don't know like sci-fi club <laughs> music with yeah. like british rapping and then me oh. doing whatever i do over it <laughs> it i don't know what people will make of it but cool. it, it he's a really cool guy and uh he he's he's very eccentric i would say and mm -hmm. his own music is also really good like i would mm. recommend checking him out if you haven't heard him uh unfortunately he doesn't distribute outside of soundcloud but okay so did I, you do the music for that track or was he working on, on that or was it collaborative he actually did all the music so that was another new thing for me, just singing yeah. over somebody else's music mm -hmm. like was actually kind of difficult, I would say, mm -hmm. just because I'm so used to my own process. That said, I maybe I shouldn't say too much, but there are some instrumental things that I sent him that mm. whether it's a solar science song or an our soul song, from my understanding, he intends to use some instrumental stuff that I made as well. Cool. And, and share that, him, that's, so. that's rad, man. I'm, I'm super stoked to hear that Garrett. I, I just, I love the um, description uh, sci science fiction club music or <laughs> sci-fi club music. 
that piques my interest right there. <laughs> so Garrett, I was wondering, it says, uh, or you said that you kind of started making music just on your own around 2019. So that would put you in the Iowa city area. Right. But was that also during like, kind of like quarantine or did this start before all of that? Or was this sort of a result of having a lot of time? I think when I started it, it definitely would have been about a year or so before the pandemic hit. I would say that first year or so was just me figuring out my own, like what I'm really doing, just Mm -hmm. playing around in Ableton and seeing what comes of it. But 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 I guess I, I didn't release anything until after the start of the pandemic. Uh, I wouldn't say it was due to free time necessarily. Mm-hmm. I guess at that point I had turned 30 mm-hmm. and it, it it sounds cheesy to say, but like, you know, like a childhood fantasy of mine or whatever was mm-hmm. just to like release an album of my own music. Yeah. And I had the songs for it and I just felt like that was the right time it's not really just the product of free time that I that causes me to work on music but Mm -hmm. rather just the idea of having a creative outlet where it's like this place where I can just be myself and sit down and like it's almost like journaling for me in a way where I sit down and I don't know what's going to come out, but whatever's been on my mind for the past day or whatever, like Mm -hmm. that's typically what does come out. So it's just like almost just like a healthy thing for me. Like I do it more just for myself, I would say. Has it affected any interest at all of playing in bands anymore? Or are you pretty much at this point focused on being a solo artist? I mean, I would love to be part of a band, I would say. Like, if anybody listening to this, like, plays drums or organ or something, like, I I would totally, like, message me on Instagram or SoundCloud or something because I, I don't know, I would love to collaborate more with people. And I guess this would have been a couple months ago, I saw that Beatles get back documentary Mm -hmm. and i found that really inspiring and seeing how they bounce ideas off of one another in the moment and working together on music and i think that almost more than anything really got me daydreaming or whatever about Mm -hmm. wanting to do a band and be able to collaborate more like in person and i don't know yeah be able to bounce ideas off of one another i feel like that would be really neat first i mean i gotta finish this next album but right (laughs) i would totally be open to a band in the future though would do you going back to that also do you have any plans of doing sound science as a live thing ever i've tried coming up with stuff that would work live a few times so it's definitely a thing I've thought about. It's like a question in my mind of how to make it work live. Mm-hmm. Like some people kind of have hangups about electronic music where like, mm-hmm. like if say I, I don't know, had like stuff pre-sequenced or whatever, right. it would seem like I'm not really 
playing much. So mm-hmm. then there's kind of the the conundrum in my mind of how to because some stuff kind of needs to be sequenced, but then like what yeah. would my more performative component be besides the singing or is singing enough? I don't know. Yeah. But I I guess I haven't come up with a solution for that yet. Right. But I kind of feel like if I were to ever do something live, I would probably prefer not to have like a laptop with me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. while a lot of my stuff is done in Ableton, I would probably like rework. And I mean, this is stuff I've tried before. It's just like reworking songs with my mono machine or mm-hmm. analog for synthesizer. And right. I, I feel like that would be the route I would take, but I, I still, yeah, like I'm totally open to doing, I, I would love to start playing shows, but it's yeah. maybe still a ways away yet Makes in sense. terms of figuring it out. Well, I can say uh, personally, I would definitely come see you perform with a laptop. And if you, if you did your vocals and manipulations live, that would be well enough of a performance. In my opinion, so. I, I have to agree <laughs> with that statement, Eric. I mean, maybe again, like with my spontaneous decision making, yeah. like you never know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, right. <laughs> that thought just might come to me someday. Yeah. That whatever. I'm just going to press play and sing. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, that would be awesome. Definitely let us, let Eric and I know if you are going, if we can come <laughs> yeah. and see a sound science performance. Yeah. Love yeah. That. Oh, I could definitely let you know if that <laughs> ever happens. That would be awesome. Well, um, it was fantastic talking to you, Garrett. Exactly. Yeah, but thank you so much for being with us, Garrett. And I can't wait to hear more of the singles and I can't wait to hear the full length when it's out and the other uh, solar science sounds amazing too. So absolutely. Yeah. I, we're both I'm uh, pretty stoked for whatever you're going to put out. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Like I've honestly, this is the first interview I've ever done before. So I don't know, like nice. I didn't know what to expect, but yeah, um, we, we never know what to expect when we yeah. do interviews either or anything. Well, I don't know. I had fun. So yeah. Well, thanks oh, again. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. You have anything else you'd like to, uh, say uh before we let you go garrett any anywhere that people can find your stuff i mean we already talked about spotify or anything mm-hmm. else you'd like to promote i guess sound science it, it it's on pretty much any streaming service that i know of mm-hmm. uh, soundcloud uh if you're curious about instagram uh it's like s sound sci Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to check that out. Like Garrett said, if you play organ or drums or I don't know, whatever else, it sounds like he'd be willing to, or at least interested in working on something. So reach out to him. That'd be yeah. really sweet. I know organs kind of a out there <laughs> instrument, but like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm really into organ. I feel like that would be sweet. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much, Garrett. Yeah. Thanks again. So yeah. Nice. Speaking of uh, local music, um, what do we got yeah. for shows coming up, Eric? Well, you know, um, we do have some shows, but we're kind of coming up on the old Mission Creek Festival in Iowa City, and that sort of eclipses a lot of things. You know, that's just kind of the way it is. So how I'm going to do this, 
I'm just going to tell you about the shows and you can look it up on the Mission Creek website because I can't really go into everything and where it's at and things like that. But I will tell you who's playing and then you can check it out if those sound cool to you. So here we are. We're going to start on the 5th of April. There's really nothing else uh, between the last set of shows I told you about and starting there. So that's where we'll start. So on Tuesday, April 5th at XBK Live, we have The Convictions with Earth Groans, Agony of Defeat, and To Be Determined. Now, I know that Sioux City Pete, his band used to be called Sioux City Pete and The Convictions. So I'm not hmm. sure if that's the same band or not. So if you like Sioux City Pete, I guess do some research and see if it's connected in any way. And if not, maybe you already like Convictions and that has nothing to do with Sioux City Pete. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Okay. <laughs> On that same day. So the Village Theater, which is a very nice place. I think it's in Davenport. Is that right? Um, yes. It's yes. in Davenport. Yep. So this is called the We Are All Sick Now Tour. It has uh, Lydia Can't Breathe, City of the Week, and Locals Switchblade Saturdays, Non Grata, and Deselect. Mm. So that's on the fifth as well. And then I'm going to bury the lead on this one just for fun. The openers are Intent, Three Finger Betty, and To Be Announced. And this is at Lefty's Live Music. It's DR fucking I. DRI is playing oh, wow. at Lefty's. So that's cool. Um, DRI, 40th anniversary tour. So that's hey, what does what does DRI stand for? Dirty rotten imbeciles. That's what I thought. Yeah. Good old stuff. All right. So now here's the part where I tell you about Mission Creek. On Thursday the seventh, we're gonna have Elizabeth Moen, Tennyson, Fenz Fenez. That's hard to say. F-E-N-N-E-S-Z. Fennis. Tempers. Corridor. K. Maru. Alex Rush. And Lake Villain. Now, these aren't necessarily local, but some of them are. And this festival is local. And it's kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when they announce the bands, literally everyone goes, I've never heard of those bands. And then, like, Two years later, everyone loves the bands. That, that band, doing. yeah. So it, that's pretty cool. I wonder if Garrett has ever thought that, you know, he, he can just <laughs> use the theme song to weird science. Sound science. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We should have that's asked cool. him. I'll tell you, though, man, that's solar science. Man, that's something yeah. I am really looking forward to hearing. Me too. Yeah, that, I'm excited to hear that. I love that, British rappers. Me too. And I, um Oh, dude, I'm going to send you an album also in addition to the Cheesy Fingertips video. Okay. Uh, I discovered from this, I don't know if he's a producer, but his name is Robert. <laughs> That's just his name. Okay. And uh, the name of the album is Orange is the New Black. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know if it's 
supposed to be based on the show or what mm-hmm. but cool keith slug from atmosphere and jason uh williamson i think it is from the sleaford mods mm-hmm. are all special guests on it oh wow cool but the entire record has a rapper all all of the songs and it's only like nine songs has this rapper this british rapper by the name of sunny jim on it oh yeah and it's almost like blues rap wow like it's so good i'm gonna send it to you right sunny after this jim sunny jim that's but the Doug, name- dougie jones's son's name on twin peaks the return are you serious mm-hmm. holy crap know, i'm gonna right? send this record to you i think you're totally gonna <laughs> dig it cool it- any of the listeners, if Eric decides not to edit this out, please go check out that record if you're into hip hop at all. All right. Yeah, so, I'll check it out too. Nice. Cool, cool. Uh, also, hit us oh. up on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Listen to us on Spotify. Um, and we have all the links. You'll see all the links when we post it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this was a, a great episode. I'm super stoked for this uh, sound science thing. Me too. I'm really I, excited to hear future music. I really literally and figuratively. Exactly. I really, sense. I really do hope that he finds a way to play live because me too. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's enough to bring me out of the woodwork. <laughs> nice. <laughs> do you hear Not, that? I mean, the only thing Dan is going to go to is any show. But the thing is, I've already said that about six different shows mm-hmm. and it never happened. So, well, now it's now it's a promise. It's a, uh, I, I never said that, Eric. <laughs> You're the one who's putting that on me. <laughs> I have a contract uh, written up here. Yes. I'll, I'll fax it over to you so you can get um, taken care of. Absolutely. All right. Take care, everyone. <laughs> we will talk to you next week. Uh, yeah. Please do not sign that petition to have me actually start going to shows. I, yeah. I, I, not that I don't want to go to shows. I want to go to shows. Oh, my God. I want to go to shows. I just haven't been able to. Well, good thing they just keep happening. They just keep happening to throw right into my face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someday, someday you'll go to one. It's, it's going to happen. It's trust me, trust me. And I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, everybody who has started playing again, I wish them the best of luck. Yeah. So I, and I'm super happy you're all out there doing creative things. Heck yeah. I really, really am. And if you want to smack me like Will Smith style, (laughs) when you see me, you have my blessings. There you go, guys. If you put together a show that is so undeniably good that Dan has to go, you get to smack him in the face. Uh, uh, well, just one person in one time. Don't, don't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Eric's like, okay, <laughs> but I'm not telling him that. <laughs> no, that I, I have all these. I have, I have a lawyer here. He is drawing up all these contracts. I'd like to talk to that lawyer. Um, um his name is um john my lawyer john my lawyer is yeah. that the name john my lawyer <laughs> john and john baron is the name of my lawyer so. john baron yep, if you want to talk to him you can i'll send me a message and i'll send you his facts that's the best way to get a hold of him yeah his facts the, the ones that have been fact checked yeah 
all of the facts about John Barron will be sent to you by Eric. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. You all have a good week. Bye. Bye. Oh. Next year, someone's gonna fucking die. Ah. Well.